Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about ACL prehabilitation. We're going to talk about why it's important to prehab patients with ACL tears. We'll talk about what you should focus on in your prehabilitation program, discuss how long prehab should be, and so much more. But for those of you who are listening to this as it launches on Tuesday, February 13th, and or if you are listening to it on your way to CSM Boston 2024, um, do know that we are going to be at CSM. I'll be there with Dr. Susie Lachowski at booth number 9080. Be sure to stop in. Now, if you did listen to this podcast episode and you are going to CSM, come see me at the booth. Let me know that you listened to this particular episode, and I've got a little discount for you for a future coaching session. So just remember to mention that you listened to this uh, as it came out. So let's talk about prehab for patients getting ready for an ACL reconstruction. Now, you've all seen this. The patient is playing basketball, soccer, football. They cut one way. The knee buckles inward. The patient goes down. The athletic trainer comes to the rescue, jumps in, and this whole process starts of managing the patient who just tore their ACL. And so what is this quote-unquote process that I am talking about? Well, there's a physiologic process, right? You've got pain, you have inflammation, you start limping because of the swelling and because the knee feels unstable, you co-contract your quads and your hamstrings to hold yourself in a more optimal position of for stability, right? So you have this next flexed knee posture and it just goes on and on and on and we start to develop some bad walking habits, you need to use crutches and there we have this physiologic and physical process that happens. But one thing we often forget is what is the psychological process? Now, the patient goes down, they injure themselves, the knee buckles, and because they have heard so much about this, and suddenly somebody tells them they tore their ACL, they, you know, in their head, it's like, oh my God, I just tore my ACL. But nobody ever says, oh my God, I just sustained a chondral lesion in my knee, which to me would be 10 times worse than having an ACL tear. But everybody talks about the ACL with so much focus and so much passion that it's almost been over-glorified, to be honest with you. And it, it simply amazes me at how much time and effort is spent on the ACL alone. And it's just a, uh, uh anatomical structure that people just focus on. And to me, I think it's because it's, it's, it's a fairly easy structure to deal with in regards to you know, the where it is, how to identify that you have it. Um, the rehab process is pretty straightforward. Uh, and I'm not downplaying the ACL and its importance, but what I'm getting to is the chatter around ACL injuries can place an athlete in a different spot psychologically once they tear it because of what they know about it. And so with all of my years of treating patients with ACL tears and prehabbing them and rehabbing them, Young athletes and older non-athletes present very differently, so you need to approach them differently. And uh, so that is something to take into consideration. We could probably just do a complete podcast about the psychology behind that and the incentives that they have to get better. You're 
older patient may have children in a family and they have a job and they need to support their family and so they are extremely motivated to get better and will do what you tell them to even though they are a little bit older sometimes they can be a little more difficult to rehab i find that they do better because they are more incentivized by real life situations whereas athletes younger athletes have a different incentive it may be that they um, are the captain of a of a soccer team and they they still want to represent their team they want to be helpful in that sense there's a status uh, around um, what they do in sports or with their activities and with their friends and so we, we we see that a little bit differently so with that being said I want to jump into the prehab part of this. Okay, so if we look at the the, the common problems that we see with people who tear their ACLs, there's pain, there's swelling, there's a flexed knee, there's quad shutdown, poor proprioception and balance. Maybe they have to use crutches and they're not very good at that or they haven't done that before. And there's this wicked loss of confidence when they tear their ACL. And a lot of that is because of the stigma around the ACL tear. So we have this, you know, this problem list and we would address this like we would anything else, okay? The very important part here is that we regain this quad function, all right? So in order to do that, we should decrease pain, decrease swelling. We know that intra-articular swelling or effusion shuts that quad down. <clears throat> getting them compressed, getting them elevated, educating them on movement. And that movement is safe, is very important. I find that once we can get them enough range of motion and they're not too uncomfortable getting to about 110 to 115 degrees, we can put them on a bike. Even if they have 100 to 105 degrees, if you have a bike with a modified pedal, um, which is something we have and we use early on just to encourage people and to get that leg pumping and moving, um, we know that that is going to start to build confidence. It's going to make them feel better. It's going to move some of that swelling out of the knee. Um, you know, teaching them how to properly use their crutches so that they can get that weight bearing and that proper gait lined up, um, teaching them a little bit about, you know, their, their situation and their issue will build some confidence also. So there's the, the, the problem list. So what do we do about it? So number one, I think education is so important and educating them about prehab is important. Oftentimes patients will say, why am I wasting my time doing this if I'm going to have surgery and I'm going to be back with a clean slate with swelling, pain, inflammation, crutches, flex knee, all of this stuff after surgery. And here's where it's very important that you talk about the importance of decreasing reflex inhibition, getting good extension. Good extension equals a good quad set, which equals good leg control, which, you know, improves their gait early on and how that is so important down the road and that how, you know, quadricep weakness is something that is there for a year to a year and a half after you've had surgery proprioception and balance can be altered for up to a year and a half to two years after surgery. And no matter how good your rehab program is, there could still be deficits. And so we know that that education is very important. So they have a good understanding of why they are doing a prehab program. 
Second thing is a home exercise program. They need to be firing that quad, performing straight leg raise activities in all positions, keeping that calf going because we know that's going to shut down, but there's no reason why we have to hold back on that. We can be pushing that early. Getting multi-directional leg strengthening, especially around the hip, is important. They can do abdominal exercises, low back activities to help stabilize the core. And then we also want them to control swelling. So if we can control the swelling, either with a a compression sleeve, some elevation or wrapping, um, that can be helpful. And anti-inflammatory can be helpful. You decrease the inflammation, you decrease the swelling, the quad starts to function better. This is classic. Now... We need to get the quadricep reactivated, and you can do that however you want, okay? You can use NMES. I prefer to start with patella facilitation. The knee is always, almost always flexed after an ACL tear because it bleeds, it causes a fusion, and the loose back position is 20 to 25, 30 degrees of flexion, okay? Which we have somebody right now who came in with about 30 to 35 degree flexion position while walking, We need to get that extension back. The best way to get it back and keep it is to have a good quad to help hold it into full extension, right? So I like to start with, you know, trying to passively get into good extension. might be some gravity-assisted work. It might be just some manual stretching, hamstring stretching, stretching of that posterior caps a little bit. I like to do inhibitory rocking to the leg to get it to relax a little bit and have it settle down. Once you can get it to settle down, if they can't do a quad set because they can't fully extend, I'll put a towel roll under their knee, but always working toward trying to get it out of there so you can fully extend and have the back of the leg touch the table, that popliteal space touch the table when they're doing a quad set. Now, some people need a little assistance. It might be some patella facilitation. It might be biofeedback. I like to do biofeedback because they have this immediate feedback on how their quad is performing. And then some will require some neuromuscular electrical stimulation. And so those are all different ways of getting that quad activated. But don't forget, that is super, super important. And People sometimes, they have difficulty getting it to full extension, especially when they're walking. And this is where I want to talk about gait training next. It's difficult to get that full extension on heel strike because there's a, you know, the ACL helps to prevent hyperextension of the knee, right? And so if they have this little buckling backwards into hyperextension, they're going to have this this feeling like their leg is going to give out. So they flex it a little bit and co-contract the quads and the hamstrings, and they, they feel much more comfortable in that position. So working on gait, working on full knee extension in, um, you know, in the closed chain with standing activities, standing squats, a shuttle, a leg press machine can be very helpful uh, in situations like that. And then really work on improving their gait, going from two crutches to one crutch to no crutch. Um, I'm not big on knee immobilizers. The only time I would use a knee immobilizer in a case like this in prehab is if flexion is coming along nicely but they're having considerable difficulty with extension of the knee and maybe they're waking up very flexed, I might put them into a knee immobilizer at night while they're sleeping. Okay, no ill effects to doing that. Just helps to maximize that extension, especially if flexion is coming along nicely. So my focus is always uh, much heavier on extension than flexion. Um, you might want to do some you know, hamstring stretching, some posterior capsule stretching, low load long duration activities with you know, gravity assisted with some weight on the knee. There are many different ways to get extension. Be creative here, all right? And then here's where I'm going to talk about safety. The seventh 
activity that you really should focus on is regaining proprioception. That is very difficult to do. So start with some balance activities and some proprioceptive activities, but they should be in a very safe environment. Maybe you have two Airx pads you, and they're just weight shifting from one to the other. Maybe you are using a teeter board, which is very stable, but just, you know, difficult to do side to side, uh, not likely to get an instability type of situation. Now, if you are standing on a BOSU ball flipped upside down with one leg on the center of it, that may be, you know, really high risk activity. But if they have no swelling, they've got a good quad, hamstring, and they um, have good confidence with walking, then you can push into that. But it's important that you don't do activities that cause giving way episodes again because you don't have that ACL there to, to help stabilize. Maybe you damage other structures on another episode of instability before surgery. You're reinflaming the knee. You're getting it swollen. You have the synovitis, and it really doesn't prep that knee for surgery very well. So you want to kind of keep it quiet in far as far as the inflammation and swelling goes. So do start proprioceptive activities, but be cautious, especially with high-speed rotatory type activities or very unstable surfaces. Now, let's talk about the most important part of prehab. And I think we, we forget about this because we see this physical issue with physiologic responses happening, and we focus on that. But the most important part is patient confidence. Okay, They have to understand that having an ACL tear is not a death wish. And we talked about this earlier. Knowing how to do the exercises preoperatively will not be so foreign postoperatively, okay? They need to know that. And, and, and it's amazing. And the people that I've seen who have torn their ACLs, who have not had prehab, that come into therapy after surgery, just don't do as well. They just don't come out of the gate understanding how to do a quad set how to do proper leg control. There's so many things you can teach a person before surgery that helps them after surgery. Like so many people come in and they, they grab a hold of the operative leg to lift it up and put it onto a table. Like there's no need to do that. People are taught in our clinic preoperatively, they are not to do that. They are to lift that leg on their own without using their hand to start to develop leg control and they will not damage their ACL by doing that. Um, but we see this postoperatively if they've not had a prehab program. The next part of building this confidence is their comfort in a clinical environment. All right. So if they've been coming to you for a bit and, and what is a bit, you know, how long should we have people come for prehab? And the consensus out there, the research out there is really all over the place on rehab prehab in regards to, is it beneficial or not? And, and in my opinion, with from my experience, it's considerably beneficial. And this is not just because I want to put people in the clinic so we can charge them for you know more therapy. It's it's not about that whatsoever. It's about the post-operative outcome that is super important. And I find those who prehab do really well. But I think the biggest portion of this that is most important is the comfort level that they have. In the clinical environment, so they know the staff, they know the clinic, they understand, you know, where they're going. And even more important than that, they have confidence in the therapist. So if, if you don't exhibit confidence with your patient, they're going to they're gonna sense that, okay? And you need to understand what you're doing. That's why mentorship is so important 
in a situation like this um, so that you feel confident when you're seeing those patients uh, preoperatively. Then they have a ton of confidence in you. They're excited to come back to therapy after surgery and they're ready to go. And so confidence in the in understanding the clinical environment and confidence in the therapist is critical. In my opinion, the most important part of prehab. So make that prehab you know, experience good for the patient. Let's not make it fearful. We shouldn't use fear tactics on why they should do this or why they should do that. We should talk about the benefits of prehabbing, the benefits of surgery, what the long-term outcome is going to be like. And so I think once they understand that, they will listen to you better. They will perform those exercises. They're going to do their home exercises better, and they're going to be much more compliant and ultimately have a much better outcome. So I help. I hope this helps you, you know, think about the process of prehabbing for ACL patients in a different way. Thank you so much for listening to the OEP podcast. Have a great day. Be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.